Okay, favorite Rush song on three. One, two, three. Oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't give you enough time, did I? Oh, no. No, this is a hard question for you. Hmm. Why would you do that to someone? Can you name any of your favorite songs on one, two, three? Just give me, give me, say, like a favorite Radiohead song, one, two, three. Just, just give me that one. Do it. Okay. Go. Oh, shit. See? No, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, the answer's Tom Sawyer. No, but... it's not. <laughs> And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Potting. Home Viewing, a podcast where we watch all the movies in our movie library in semi-alphabetical order and talk about them. Your honesty kills me. It's it's true. It's true. We're on the eyes right now. We're going through the eyes. We already did Inside Lewin Davis. But if we had been going in true alphabetical order, the movie we did this week would have been first. We had to do the most wintry movie while it was still winter. It's true. It's not winter anymore. It is winter. It's winter based but on the calendar. But it's almost not winter. Based on the amount of blossoms that I see in my backyard. It's ba- it's beginning. It's pre-spring. Based on the fact that it was warm enough for me to spray weed and feed in both of our yards today. Our neighborhood has been blessed with the plague of um, buttercup flower things. You know, the yellow ones. What, daffodils? I don't know if they're daffodils. They look kind of like daffodils. They're They're... yellow, and then they have the orange cup in the middle. It's what I would imagine a daffodil looks like. I don't know, man. I don't know. It looks like a daffodil. I'm saying Someone start a um, flowers podcast for those people who don't know flowers. Mm -hmm. A visual medium. Let's see. uh, Flowers, a very visual thing. Will adapt very well to the. Oh audio yeah, they're only they're medium. daffodils for they're sure. Daffodils for See, sure. I know flowers. Thank you, Google. I know flowers. Well, we watched a kind of summery movie this time, actually. So we're in spring. Is it summer? Spring to start. I think Are you just saying that because it's in California? Any movie set in L.A. with frequent scenes at Venice Beach is going to feel like summer um, to me. You know, they do have other seasons in L.A. In L.A.? Are you sure? Pretty sure. Are you are you really sure about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying it looks like summer to me. Okay, Olaf. Actually, no. I think technically it's spring. Same thing. Because the date of the wedding is June 30th, so the rest of the movie is taking place in spring. Oh well, let's let's take a second to just frown upon weddings that happen in June and July. Why did we frown upon them? Hot as heck. Too hot. Why would you do this? Especially outdoors. Better be all indoors. Absolutely. I this, would. This, this is not a rag outdoors. on my lovely friends who had weddings in summer because, like, okay, no, it is a rag. Who listens to this podcast? Only Sarah. She had a nice wedding in. She had a very the nice winter. indoor wedding in February, and I'm not saying that one of the two outdoor weddings you've been to in summer ended in divorce, but it kind of did, though. I'm just saying. That's okay. None of them will ever was, listen to this. That sound was me sipping wine. We are drinking podcast juice tonight. It is a lovely... You already said what it was. Reggiano Labrusco. I love this. It's a very no, good No, you, you didn't like it at first. I thought it was too sweet. 
And then you know what? It's not actually that sweet after having lots of wines. Having had lots of wines, and this is the first time we've had this one in like at least a year, I would say. More than that, I think. Yeah. This is pretty nice. We watched I Love You, Man. That's what we watched. Oh, yeah, We haven't yeah. made that yeah, clear yeah, yeah. yet. Yeah, Movie podcast. Movie podcast. This movie came out in 2009. So none of you have probably seen this movie. Yes. Just going to be honest. It's Star. Unless you're probably about a few years older than us or our age and really, really, really liked rom-coms. Or it's not even a rom-com. It's just a com. Well... It's it's a buddy comedy. It's the definition. It's a, of a different buddy kind of romance. It's a bro. But it's still a romance. You would say that it's a. You would. It, it does actually um, play very similar to a rom com. They became a relationship. It's true. This is the Paul Rudd Jason Segel vehicle with a you know an assist from Rashida Jones and John Favreau, um, and just a bunch of like really like regular comic actors in the background. You had funnily enough. The Nick Kroll Aziz Ansari pairing, <laughs> just as background players, yeah, which you also wild. saw in the uh, Jason Siegel co-written um, "Get Him to the Greek" that we reviewed. This, Jason Siegel wrote. He co-wrote. Co- it. What? Well, because he wrote for getting Sarah Marshall. Remember? Oh man, I love he wrote and those started movies. for getting Sarah Marshall. Those movies are great. No, Jason Siegel is a pretty good writer. He wrote the Muppets movie too. Like, remember the one that he starred in with Amy Adams? What he wrote it? Yeah, too? he wrote it. Yeah, what? Jason Siegel's a good, a dude. talented man. We also, like, get one of my favorite of his talents in this one, which is his Andre the Giant impression. Oh, my God. And, like, one scene at the, at the beach bar. <laughs> um, I mean, the premise of this movie is pretty simple. Paul Rudd is the main character playing... Ant-Man. Yeah, playing... Ant-Man. Kind of, playing Ant-Man. Playing that, that Paul Rudd awkward kind of It was Ant-Man before Ant-Man. He really, you. An argument could be made that it's a prequel. This character has the exact same. Sure, we'll just sell it like that. If you like Ant, <laughs> honestly, if you like Ant Man and are okay with, you know, the kind of jokes that you would see in, kind of like Judd Apatow ish movies and really bad fashion. Well, fashion isn't the worst. Come on, everyone's outfits were not that great. This was released in two thousand nine, probably filmed in two thousand eight. Can you think of anything good that happened in fashion in 2008? No, because we were too young to pay attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, the scarf and shorts were a lot. The, Honestly, that would probably the, be how like I was trying to dress at the end of high and, school. But it was, it was kind of uh, mortifying to see the cardigan and t-shirt look, because that is a look I try to put together frequently. A look that you but not only try, but my succeed. t-shirts are much cuter. I think it was the clashing colors. I think it would have been pulled off otherwise. So Paul Rudd plays a successful real estate agent who doesn't really have that many friends. Um, Relatable. I mean, when you get to the workforce, it's pretty much your life. His Rashida must have had like, what was her name in the movie? Rashida J- Jones. What was her name in the movie? Jane or something? Oh, that's bad. Zoe. It was Zoe. 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 I remember because they spelled it like Zoe Deschanel. Okay. But I'm just going to keep referring to her as Rashida Jones, because that's who well, I Well, Zoe know. Kravitz has the best Zoe spelling. Just, she has, like, umlauts over the Oh, the e. umlaut over the... Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of High Fidelity on Hulu, watch it, binge it, love it, talk to us about it. That's great. Um, it's fantastic. All right. This movie. This movie was better than I expected it to be. Like, honestly, after the last, like, 
somewhat raunchy buddy comedy that we watched for this podcast. What? Get him to the Greek. This one. Okay, think, get him to the Greek was so funnier, but some of those funny. jokes jokes do not hold up. And I will say, some of the jokes in this one do not did hold not, up. But a lot but of them did. Not, they are not as necessarily in your face and intentionally edgy as the Not as the dated Greek. either. Like, they didn't refer to specific things. Yeah. They were just kind of like, it's kind of like, it's like a movie about life. Yeah. So he is a real estate agent who, uh, somewhat successful. He's just gotten the listing for Lou Ferrigno's estate. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Ferrigno playing himself in this movie. <laughs> Which is all, oh, I, I love it when that happens. When yeah. celebrities get to play mm-hmm. themselves in comedies. It, well, it makes it feel more real. Absolutely. Instead it, of this fake place that they're. Exactly, and then the people interact with them like as people would interact with yeah. celebrities. That's mm-hmm. kind of, and then you've got uh, he's he has just gotten engaged to Rashida Jones, and they are wedding planning, and she has six bridesmaids, and he has no groomsmen. He has no one to stand on his side. Even his dad is better friends, as as he put <laughs> it, with his um with his brother. younger brother. Andy Samberg with his late two thousands Lonely Island haircut. <laughs> It was a thing of the time. Playing a gay... He uh, was not the only one. Playing a gay fitness trainer <laughs> and slash asshole who is hilarious in this role. He's actually great. And you kind of actually buy Andy Samberg and Paul Rudd as brothers. Like, even if they're kind of, like, far apart, you still buy their dynamic and, you know, their looks because they're conventionally attractive white dudes with brown hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, adorable. You want to pinch their cheeks. Yeah. Andy Samberg is a gay fitness trainer who we don't get enough of, frankly. I think this, I think this movie could have benefited from more Samberg. It was almost not believable in the age of Instagram because everyone has to be like ripped and buff to be like a fitness trainer now. Yeah, but there are some more normal looking ones. But, but also, clothes were baggy. He in looked the 2000s. like shrimp. Clothes were baggier. But in the he 2000s. looked like shrimp. Okay, one of our trainers kind of looks a little shrimpy by that standard, though. But he's lean muscle. Have you seen his arms, though? Okay, okay, He yeah. ripped. He ripped. Okay, fair. If anything... But if he were wearing the clothing that Andy Samberg was wearing in that movie, uh, he would all... Maybe. Yeah. I kind of assume that Andy Samberg, like, underneath all that is just like... A little bit, but not a lot. Little, no, no, I was saying mm-hmm. little chubs. Oh, probably... Oh. Yeah, a little bit chubs. Well, I thought you were saying he'd be, like, a little bit ripped, like, probably, like, defined muscles. I mean, maybe during the prison arc of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but... <laughs> <laughs> um... Oh, God, J.K. Simmons as Paul Rudd's <laughs> dad, his no-nonsense IBM worker dad, my best friend. What is an uh, IBM? What is an IBM? Why did you just take off your glasses? Because I take off my glasses when I'm distressed. What is I, IBM? Is, is that a movie company? International Business Machine. What is that? It's the computer company. What? They make you computers? Not, just watched. Huh. Hidden figures. And the IBM was a big deal in that movie. They were the, really? They were the ones who made computers. They were the computer company. You know how it... Well, now we have like 50 million brands. Which one do yes, they make? Yes, I know, but IBM... They make IBM. They, they the created original the... original version PC. They created the personal computer paradigm. Who? PCs. They were the ones who... Th- who brought computers from taking up huge rooms to only taking up a desk, you know? Okay, but who do they... Do they still make computers? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're still around. 
Watson. You know, you know that artificial intelligence thing, Watson. I'm I'm an artificial intelligence. <laughs> That's them. They still offer like a lot of solutions and like business so- computers. Solutions. It's. It's, I'm just having trouble comprehending. I've never heard of this. That you don't know who IBM know. is. Also, okay, so um, Rashida Jones, she runs a boutique with two of her friends. One of her friends is single and bad at dating. How, they're all bad at dating. I don't know how they... One of her friends is married to an absolute asshole. Played <laughs> impeccably by John Favreau. God. Yeah, he's... I'm like... It almost makes you wonder if he's even an asshole. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. He's just what really if John funny. John Favreau is, like, just in real No, life. the character, like, did they just, like, tell him he's an asshole so many times that he just believed it? Or, like... <laughs> Oof. I mean, he's very blunt. No. Well, More than but... that. Hmm. I don't know. He wasn't great, but... He wasn't great, but he was... The character wasn't ...kind of funny at, in some very case. Very funny. Because it... Because the di- the entire point of it, I think, is that they're surrounded by these people who are very, like, set in their relationship and set in their ways and, like, have Boy. their own, like, relationship with, like, friends and family. And I think the entire point of that is nobody necessarily finds friends the same way or, like, makes, relates to people the same way. Yeah. Like, the entire point of it is that Paul Rudd feels like he's got to find, as he puts it, I've got to find some fucking friends because <laughs> all of... Zoe's friends think that it's weird that he doesn't have any, like, personal relationships with Yeah, they're rude. Which, yes, they are rude. I didn't like them. Yeah, they... I couldn't have hung out with them. They kind of sucked. They were like moms without kids. It was weird. Also, Paul Rudd was just, like, super sweet to them all the time. I know. He made them root beer floats with... Pure Pepperidge Farm. Oh, (laughs) my God. I would have, like, died if someone had, like, made me... Yeah, he's adorable. He's, he's so funny. And, like, the thing is, like, all the women in his office get along with him, and they're not... Because he treats women like people? Yeah, and it's not like he doesn't have hobbies. He's real into the fencing thing yeah, that he goes and he does. fences, like... And I think... the But the problem is, he doesn't really have any, like, real relationships outside this of his romantic relationship. super relatable. And his relationship with his mother. Yeah. Which is... God, yeah, really relatable, honestly. Like, well, yeah, you and your mom. Yeah, me and my mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> me and not having any friends. <laughs> you see, I, I'm lucky in that I'm like pretty extrovert. I think that's the problem. Is his, his character is he's just not a little bit introverted. Yeah, like, but he's still a people person. But that's something that comes across in like his real estate career mm-hmm. as well, right? Because he's not putting himself out there as much. He's not necessarily able to get all the bites. He doesn't. So like, you know, as much as uh, Rob Hubel's character Tevin, like. He's, you feel like he's an asshole because he's got his face on, like, urinal cakes and benches everywhere. But he's, it works. He's right, though. It works because it drives interest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I put my face on a urinal cake, but... <laughs> the thing about this movie, this is one of those movies where we're not going to talk about the visuals at all. Let's just go ahead well, and say it right now. I did not like the color palette. The color palette was 2008. That's what it was. It was, it, it was very much, like... Oh, we're living in this early 2000s IKEA-fied version. Yeah, like a cactus line in Williams and Sonoma. Like lots of orange, lots of desert colors. Not cute. Mm -hmm. And uh, it felt that way. But then you have Jason Siegel. Yeah. Well, Jason Siegel's also wearing like a lot of brown. He's eclectic as heck. 
Well, he's they they're like hmm, let's dress him like someone who dresses like he's still like in his first year of undergrad but, as a philosophy major. Yeah, or and like doesn't care about what he mm-hmm. looks like. Paul Rudd meets Jason Siegel at an open house for Lou Ferrigno's house, which has, in my opinion, the best executed fart joke I've seen maybe ever. In Isn't cinema. that literally what I said? Yeah, you I'm like said, that is a good fart joke, and that's I, the way you do I, a fart joke. like stuff like that usually it's way too easy of a joke to do like yeah and and it's good for some cheap laughs like we all know the bean scene in blazing saddles like what where all the uh where all the bad cowboys are sitting i've seen it all the way through i mean it's a master class in comedy so i'm gonna make you watch it at some point but you don't have it's it's not Hmm. no it sounds like it's not like it's actually essential yes sounds like it's not uh gene wilder as the Waco kid? No, it's essential. You're going to hear a lot of pauses as we sip we, our We coordinated tonight. that. We absolutely did. Good job. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it hard not to just dive into plot summary just because I don't know how many of everyone has seen this movie, you know? You're doing good, you're doing good. It's it's still, it's got your typical rom-com structure that the, it's like new relationship relationship starts to affect relationship with friends and other people problems emerge things go bad they're back together at the by the end for the wedding like that's it, well okay it, so, it mirrors a rom-com almost precisely yeah but it's about two guys so it's, it's well, adorable it's, it's, well it's about two heterosexual guys yeah i feel like we need to say then they're not trying to fuck yeah i mean they could have but no no they're so, you see i feel i feel the need to be like they play up the hey platonic male relationships are important i think i think they just play up relationships are important on every level yeah beyond just because they have like more than one scene with his family at the dinner table too absolutely and i think that his family still remains like an important part of his life and Mm -hmm. that's a good thing to see it's it almost feels like one of the most realistic portrayals of like adult friendship that i've seen in Mm -hmm. a long time because well you know i think about the scene where uh Jason Siegel's character, like, ends up uh, going on the hike with his friends, and then he asks them to stay over after and hang out and, you know, eat the six-foot party sub. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, if I ha-. And, you know, everyone has responsibilities that they've got to go leave and take care of. And I'm like, boy, if that isn't, like, trying to set up a hangout with your friends after college, I don't know <laughs> what is. Yeah, it's... I mean, that's literally something I worked through with my therapist. I was like, I can't just do impromptu... No one wants to do impromptu hangs anymore. She's like, yeah, because you guys don't all live in the same five blocks. <laughs> you know? it's It just felt as unrealistic as, say... Well, no, the projectile vomiting after the beer thing. That is... <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's amazing how low concept it was. Honestly. And how entertaining it was. For, and how entertaining it still yeah. It was absolutely like a slice of life kind of movie, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think it did a really good job of like showing the parallels between his relationship with Jason Siegel, uh, Sydney, I guess is his name, mm-hmm. Peter and Sydney, um, and... And his puggle. And Sadat. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone stop right now and Google a puggle. Yeah, and then it'll Google, blow your mind. And then Google a picture of Anwar Sadat and see how they see how you think they look next to each other. I think, but I what I think he does a really good job of raising parallels in their relationship and Zoe's relationship with her friends too, especially with the uh, 
And, you know, this is where the movie gets a little raunchy sometimes. Like, but with the talking about sex with his, with, with her friends and him talking about sex with Sydney. You know, how they like, it's, she's like, that's private between us. It's like, yeah, but you tell your friends about that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, huh, you're right. It's like Sydney, even for his flaws, still acts as a catalyst that helps them understand more about their relationship. And, like, maybe the way that he states it is controversial and they, like, misunderstand that at first anyway. But he seems to have generally good intentions. And, like, they learn more about themselves and their relationship and why they're together because of it. Like, the thing that drove me the craziest was, like, Peter failing to understand what Sydney meant when he was like, well, why do you want to marry her? He didn't mean, are you sure you want to marry her? He meant, you need to know what you're doing going into this so that you can better understand what it is that you love about Zoe and what it is that's going to move you forward. And that's what it eventually does come to after their tragic breakup. Oh, Sydney. (laughs) Sydney and Peter. (laughs) And that, and of course that really, really good joke with, uh, when Rashida Jones is staying at John Favreau and Jamie Presley's house, like we're, where she's like, yeah, they have, uh, they fight all the time and then have really loud makeup sex. Please get me out of here. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's fun though, and you know, I feel like we're missing some things like uh, that that did work, like the uh, the mandate montage, what? where he uh, go where he goes on the various mandates, and then he goes out with a with the one guy who thinks it is an actual date. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, because his mom sets him up. He's like, this guy's been so lonely. <laughs> and they, they go, the, the, the movie seems to think the moral of the story is don't go out to dinner with just another person because then well, it looks well, like a date. That's, that's, Andy Sam, that's Andy Sandberg's thing, too. Is like, <laughs> he's like, don't go to dinner with these guys. It's too serious. It's, oh, you haven't even mentioned the, one of the best parts. Which part? Uh. I don't know his real name. The guy who plays Boyle on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The guy who plays Boyle on Brooklyn Nine-Nine doing the high... The guy whose voice keeps cracking. Mm -hmm. We don't even even know his name of the movie. Joe Latrulio. No, his name of the movie. Oh, I don't think his name is even given in the movie. Maybe not. (laughs) But he's forced to go to a soccer game with him. The LA Galaxy He's like loud as hell. (laughs) No, I, I mean, the thing is, even like the bit characters all come back later in the movie... Like, no one is introduced without them having some impact on the plot. Mm-hmm. It's really a quite tightly scripted movie, I think. I Yeah, there's I not think, much throwaway dialogue. Like, you, everything kind of relates. Yeah, like, even at the beginning, you don't really understand why he's showing her. It's like, it just starts and they're, like, at an empty lot in L.A. with, like, a nice view. And then he's like, yeah, I want to do a development here. And that's his lead into proposing. And I think I mentioned that to you while we were watching it. It's kind of brilliant that he's like, we've only been dating for eight months, but I do have plans for the future. These are my plans for the future. I want to share them with you. Will you marry me? Right, which is literally the answer to Sydney's question. It's like... Like, why do you want to marry her? Because I have plans for our future and I, like... Want to be with her. And, like, she makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. I also, like... But it's just like, that's how you propose. You don't gotta do it, like, in front of people you... I mean, or in a movie, that was one of the be- that's one of the best movie. Yeah, proposals because I've movie seen. proposals are like, always have to be like blown out. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was because it was practical but still romantic because they were it was still like just the two of them and it was him like 
this grand vision for the future, which is an argument for why you should say yes, but at the same time is like <laughs> a display of I trust you enough and I value you enough to share this with you. You know? Like, the romantic stuff was genuinely pretty romantic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't secondary to the comedy. Right. Like, that's... This is a very human kind of comedy, in my way. Or, like, an empathetic comedy. In that it's grounded in real feelings. I don't think anyone is, like... With the exception of maybe, like, the high-pitched voice guy, no one is, like made fun of in a necessarily super derogatory way. Mm-hmm. Like... Even the guy who thought it was a date, he's not like, ew, I can't believe this guy thought it was a date. It's not homophobic. He's like, oops. Yeah, yeah, the jokes aren't homophobic. The joke is... He's like, that's my fault. It's misunderstanding. It's my fault. And then... And then when he later on calls him a, a whore later in the movie, that... <laughs> it's so funny. I forget the name of that actor, but he has such good delivery. Like, oh... I need to look that up later. I mean... A lot of this movie really, really worked. Mm-hmm. So with that, while we take a little break, refresh our... Wa- oh boy, I don't need to refresh my wine glass, do I? I thought you were going to say water. I was going to say ref- refresh our wolf, wine glasses. Wolf-wesh? Wolf-weshments of our wine glass. <laughs> our wine glass. Oh god. Hello? Please wolf-wesh my okay, wine no, glass. Okay, no, 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 please don't leave that in there. At the concession Stop stand. It. Jesus. Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Want to listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh. But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Cool. What does that mean? It means we're going to sort things. Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin. Shrek's a Gryffindor. Your dog is a Hufflepuff. And all Ravenclaws are robots. Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network. This is the part of the show where we either talk about what didn't work or throw in, like, stray observations. I mean, I guess this is the time to talk... Oh, man. What? You know what? What? We didn't even talk about slap of the boys. Oh, my God! Slap of the boys, man! I, I can't even... I can't even do Paul Rudd's bad impression no, as badly as he so does it in the bad. movie. But it's so funny. Slap of the boys. Slapping the boys. <laughs> no, it's not. Mon. Slapping the boys. Oh, there it is. Slapping the boys. Sounds kind of like a leprechaun. I, it was. It was incredible how many times they, they let him say that. It was at least like twelve times. Slapping the boys. It was. It was a lot. Like doing the air base like up high. Oh, we didn't even talk about him Rush. and his buddy playing. Playing, playing Tom the, Sawyer. And they literally went to a Rush concert in the movie. Ugh, rip Incredible. Apart. Yeah. Oh, sad. Sad. But good Rush concert scene. You got, yes. You got Rashida Jones standing next to them, not understanding just how crazy they're going when they're playing the song. How can you not understand that? And how can you not have listened to Rush if you were go- if you were like in your late twenties in two thousand nine? Like it is how? Limelight. That's what the, that's the song they play at the concert, right? I think so. Yeah, because they. Wow, we're really great at, at Air Rush or, yeah, or mm-hmm, Mouth Rush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, and that's one of the things that they bond over, which I think is... Um, I would instantly bond over with someone who, no, like... No, that's totally it. Yeah. Because you bond with friends over shared interests. Yeah. That's how life works. Anyway, that was the last of what didn't work. What didn't work was the occasional sexism. Okay. I mean, you know, there were just some... some Can like, you give an example? Sydney. Sydney is very sexist. He sometimes, but kind of in like the 2009 way. In the, hey, maybe give him a few years and some understanding. Like, not overtly like, rude to he anyone. He like learns by the end of the movie a yeah. little bit. He does. Some. Some. It's because he doesn't hasn't had like a long lasting relationship too a little bit. Yeah, he's he's clearly only interested in sex, which is why he goes to the. Yikes! He, I mean, it's a stock character. That's 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 a stock character that you saw in a lot of movies back then. Like, guy who's only interested in being a bachelor and easy sex, which is why he, as he says, goes to the open houses looking for divorcees. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah, they give me exactly what I need at the moment. It's just kind of messy. Yeah. And in a way, well, the thing is, I was going to say it kind of glorifies that man childish behavior, but I think the, not really. the movie doesn't, Mm-mm. it it does not, while it doesn't go out of its way to glorify it, it also doesn't go out of its way to condemn it, I think. Um, like, it demonstrates that I think Peter was improving Sydney to some, in some ways, just as Sydney was improving Peter and others, so it was like a mutually beneficial relationship. But, God, just nothing threw me so much as the line, no, I don't play sports with women. Like, Yeah, that was that That one line in particular just threw me. Because it felt like this. he had this like commitment to like mm, competition, doing well, etc., etc. And it's just like... It, it's the kind of thing that probably still felt a little dated at the end of the 2000s and feels even mm-hmm. more dated now. Oh, yeah. You know? There's... And there's just like some casual oh, the difference between men and women stuff in, uh, in th- throughout that movie, you know, yeah. which is always going to be a thing in comedy. But I feel like we've moved past that a lot lately, or at least in what we've been choosing to consume, well, you know? It throws me a little when we were out in public and people still say that like we have swapped gender roles because I like am more like... You're, I have more characteristics of a characteristically like male person or something. And I do the Which cooking, isn't... and I'm more, and I'm maybe like. Yeah, people get thrown a lot when I'm like, yeah, John does not like cooking. Yeah, people still get thrown by that. I just love. It's cooking. not that I can't cook. <laughs> it's just that I don't like. Which I think I, in fact, think that I kind of really approach cooking in somewhat a toxic, toxic masculine way sometimes because I'm always. Why? Well, because you know how I am, like. I hmm? I kind of like am very much no we've got to do this the right way so let's make sure we're doing like when oh yeah you basically scared me away from cooking <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes and it's something that I need to work on like when you're like casually like yeah I'll just make pour over I'm like no let me do it I'm gonna weigh the grains <laughs> I'm gonna because my because my thing lately in the kitchen has been like I want to do it to the best of my ability and make the best possible thing that I can whereas oh my god it's just food <laughs> but it should be good food but that's that's the kind of thing that you kind of see from like all those like male professional chefs that are all over TV. Oh gosh. And it's kind of been a negative influence, I think. And it's something that I'm trying to trying to work on, you know? 
Like, yeah, yes, shame on you. I can like, <laughs> I can like commit to doing things as well as possible, but I don't have to be as judgmental of other people. Ouch! Not, now I'm know? realizing why. Are you saying that I just do things badly? No, I'm not saying you do things badly. I'm saying you do things differently, is, and that's not wrong. This has come. This has become a th- different thing. A different podcast. Let's <laughs> let's re go to the movie. Let's go back to the movie. This is also one of those one of like probably like six or seven realistically probably more like 15 uh movies that we picked up because it was on clearance at target oh. <laughs> they don't they don't have those bins anymore i haven't seen one in a while oh they do they're on a, they're the, at walmart they're on the well they don't do them in bins at target but they do have like end caps and sections That's, of the shelves oh, that are yeah. like five dollars we just have been staying away from the movies it, exactly because we've because, been trying to survive yes and we've been like we don't need yeah. this though we did pick up us for a steal recently um that was necessary it was absolutely necessary we have to own that yeah i want to own every single jordan peele directed film yes which i think is fair yeah okay um did you have any i mean we already discussed uh in a little mini fashion corner the problems with the fashion in this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think we covered all the problems honestly yeah can't Um, think of anything else I mean, my biggest problems are some of the bit players could have used more. Uh, we could have used more screen time with them. I would. Yeah, but every movie has their like major and minor characters. I'm not I mean, really I upset get about that, that. But sometimes it's like if you're paying J.K. Simmons, get him to do more. I than think two they could have written her friends better. Yes, absolutely. Could. I don't like that the single better. person was just like the nuisance of the group, and everyone was like, "God, we gotta find her someone because she keeps annoying the crap out of us," and it's like. Eh, then you probably shouldn't be friends with her. That's also <laughs> kind of a waste of that actress. Yeah. Because I've seen her comic capabilities mm-hmm. in Big Little Lies and in Barry, and she's really good in both of those. Yeah. And I think she could yeah. have been doing... Like, that's the thing. The Jason Siegel and... Not as good as Writing Brun- Woman. What? Not as good well, as Writing Woman. Well, he didn't write this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was saying, well, Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd become so much like the son of this movie. It kind of yeah. like... And and that's intentional, but it kind of like outshines all the other bit players who I, who I know are like really capable actors. In the case of J.K. Simmons, an incredibly capable actor who I would have liked yeah. to see more of. Well, he did his best. Yeah. It was good. It's that man's a chameleon, honestly. Like he can do that, and then he can also voice Tenzin in Legend of Korra and Cave Johnson in the Portal games, and then he can also like be J. J- the J. Jonah Jameson, like incredible he's incredible okay well maybe we should just make a podcast where we watch all of jk simmons movies it would be so many we'd be so busy and we'd have to do an entire podcast just about like farmers insurance commercials okay well it sounds like it's about time to rate then yeah i mean i guess we could i would rate it like i mean i'm trying to figure out a jk simmons centric rating scale I was just going to rate it out of Puggles. Oh, yeah. Rate it out of Puggles. <laughs> oh, now I have to go. Go. You do. Uh, you go first for once. Well, see, I always judge mine off of yours. <laughs> wow. Which is the thing I say every time that you make me go first. Oh, how the turntables. That's also a signature line from me. Go for it. Um, 3.4? Out of five Puggles? Yeah, out of five Puggles. I give it three out of five fish tacos. We don't ever rate out of ten. 
No, I don't like it. I like it. five. Five yeah. is much better. Ten is too big. I, I give too it, much variance. I give it three out of five puggles. I enjoyed it. It wasn't necessarily great, but it was, it was like a fun piece of popcorn, you know, like of popcorn filmmaking. I mean, it wasn't just a piece of popcorn. <laughs> also, right. also, we watched Emma last night, and that was fun. It was very pretty. Very pretty. I love my. Not name. as good as Little Women. I would. Uh, well, you can't compare the two. I feel like we can. Same I don't time think you period, should, right? Just because they're no. 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 The when Regency, was Emma set? The Regency is in the late. 18th century emma is in the mid 19th century and also they're on an entirely different wait no the region so emma Emma is in the late 19th the late 18th century and little women is in the mid 19th century during the civil war can you use the the not century okay so okay so like the reign of king george the third so like 17 the 17 60s to the 1770s that's when emma is set then she wouldn't have been able to show so much of her arms Uh, i've seen the dresses she would have you really think so yes no, arms and, like, de- décolletage weren't that big big of a deal. Legs were a much bigger deal. Yeah. Yes. Which I is, see. Backwards. Which is why I, I like that scene where she warms herself by the fire by lifting her skirt when, when, when her, once her maid has left. She's like... It's... Oh, I thought she was hot. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure she was warming herself by the fire. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's fun. Nightly. I would die for Nightly. I would die for Mr. Nightly. The side beard is bad, though. I hate the that. side beard is period. I know, but I hate it. I, I think he made it work. I would die for him. Okay, sure. All right. Well, we are part of the Pocket Podcast Network. Other shows include Ghoul Tank. No dice. <laughs> Sorted. Thumbs the facts. Lots of good shows. You can find them on PocketPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is provided by Organ Machines. It's Oil Waves. They have a really good album out right now. Yeah, check out their their latest socials. stuff on, on Bandcamp? Spotify, Bandcamp, anywhere you stream music, you can get the Organ Machines. Oh, and if you're in Atlanta, be on the lookout under the couch. The student-run music venue at Georgia Tech is going to be having their last show for the foreseeable future. On April 25th, so you will probably see some of our good friends from the network there, including me. So, um, (laughs) a good friend, me. (laughs) I will be performing most likely. So, if you're in Atlanta and you're not doing anything on April 25th, or even if you do are doing something on April 25th, cancel it. Show up to this very important space in the Atlanta DIY music scene and in. And for, uh, you know, student life at Georgia Tech, it's really good. It's definitely going to be a free show, I'm pretty sure. So definitely come out for that. But for now, keep watching movies with us. And don't buy any more Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Typically we say who we are before we do that. Oh. But uh, you know what? It's fine. I think you guys know. They know who we are. You know who we are. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Bethany. I'm John. Until next time, don't buy any more No, DVDs. I did that. I already did that. You did do that. We'll just fade out. It's never how you knew it. Nobody looks at it that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Saying it, I never saw the one. Pocket Podcast Network.
Quality programming right to your pocket.